0: when one of my wife's friends asked what's wrong with your husband i knew i had to make a change in how i approach the world of networking and relationships i was always so focused on me and what i would learn that i never really valued connecting with other human beings well this year that all changed and on this episode we talk about the abcs of relationships how to grow a powerful network and what it means to craft a curated experience Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watch me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. I graduated high school in 1999, and I went to the University of Oklahoma, fine institution. And I remember when I was getting ready to go to college that summer, a friend of mine asked me if I was going to rush. And I didn't know what that meant, but what he meant, it turns out, was if I was asking if I was going to rush a fraternity, and that just means you sign up for a fraternity or pledge a fraternity. And I didn't know what that was exactly. Um, but back in 1999, when I signed up, uh, I did join the uh, t- the Delt House, Delta Tau Delta, Uh, If that means anything to you, good or bad, uh, I apologize (laughs) in advance. Um, So anyways, as part of that, though, it was back in the day, and I don't know what it's like now, but back then there was lots of hazing going on in the... In the fraternity house. Now, I am a bigger guy. If we never met in person, picture this. I'm 6'3, 6'4. I feel like I used to be 6'4. Now I'm 6'3, always around 200, between 200 and 220 pounds. I like to work out. So I'm a bigger guy. And when I was a pledge in the fraternity, the sophomores were the worst when it comes to hazing and just messing with you in general. Now, I was bigger than most of them, like almost all of them, and so I was never really afraid of being hazed and bothered by them, and they really just left me alone. Well, I found that my nature of being quiet and stoic and standoffish led them to think that there was maybe something wrong with me and I was unstable and I would break them in half if they ever made me do some of the silly antics that they had in the fraternity. So it served me well to be quiet and I was going to say brooding, but not really brooding, but just quiet and always thinking about the situation, trying to learn about where I was at, what was happening, what did I need to be aware of in the moment to kind of watch my back and watch my friends back as a freshman. Then when I became a sophomore, the next year, I was still in the fraternity. It'd be my last year in the frat, and everybody that was a pledge was terrified of me. Why? Why? Same thing. I was still a big guy, still liked working out, and still quiet. And so I wasn't this loud, brash, bombastic, gregarious, over-the-top type personality that would mess with them. They just always thought I was calculating and up to something. And that's how I've always been, especially as I've gotten older. I've just always been this kind of quiet, standoffish, quiet guy, and never thought much about it until recently. One of my wife's friends asked her if there was something wrong with me. What's wrong with Cody? Like, he never says anything. He's kind of quiet. He's standoffish. He's not good at small talk or whatever was on her mind. Something caused her to vocalize and, you know, touch my wife on the arm. That's how I picture it, at least, and say, hey, quick question. Is everything all right with Cody? Is is he okay? And that's when I knew that I had a problem and I had to be more outgoing. It's just never come naturally to me. And when I was at the job I was at for 10 or 11 years, I never had to be. I wasn't the face of the company. I was kind of the tech guy behind the scenes. And networking wasn't very important. When I would go, I would just, same thing, I would be standoffish. I'd go to events to learn, truly to learn and never to network. I would, so I just got became used to going to events to learn things. Not wondering who might be sitting next to me because I didn't care because I wasn't going to learn anything. I mean, I was there to learn the content of the event from the speaker, not from the person to my right or to my left. And that all changed when I started my business. I started to go to more networking events and get out of my comfort zone and get out into Colorado Springs where I live and meet more people. And that led to me going to some free events and some networking events around town. I don't do that anymore because they didn't prove to be very useful. But I did that for a season. And now in 2018, one of my big goals for the year was to get better at networking, to get better at understanding how to grow an effective network, understanding things like your network is your net worth and the Jim Rome quote, if you're the sum of the five people you hang around with the most, there were people I wanted to try to get connected to and events I wanted to try to go to in my life that I believed and still believe would grow my business faster. There's speed of access and speed of information and speed of learning and speed of networking. When you can, as I've said many times on the podcast, insert yourself into those uncomfortable situations with people that you want to get to know. Now there's lots of, this is the last saying I think I'm going to drop on you this episode, but if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And so I've just been thinking throughout the year, how do I insert myself in these uncomfortable situations that'll challenge me to grow, both my, you know, internally and externally in terms of growing my network and growing my Rolodex and just being around more interesting people. And so this last week I was at an event. It was the most amazing event I've ever been to. It's called Mastermind Talks. It started by a guy named Jason Gaynard, and Jason started doing mastermind dinners in Toronto to connect entrepreneurs. The goal of the dinners was that. Entrepreneurship is lonely. And so he'd bring together entrepreneurs and groups of six up to I don't know, sometimes he would do huge blowout dinners as they grew, and they became the most curated, connected. he he became one of the most curated connected guys in Toronto. He just knew everybody. he was he just became very connected. So he hosted an event. Number one, uh, Mastermind Talks is very curated. I'll talk about what that means in a minute. But he hosted this event, Mastermind Talks. It's really hard to get into, uh, more difficult acceptance rate than Harvard. They've had something like 17,000 applications and something like 500 people have ever gone. So it's very hard to get into. And he put out an invite on his email list. I think I subs- uh, subscribed to his podcast. So I was on his email list and he said, hey, I'm doing a two-day workshop in April. It's my first one ever. It's a beta group. Pricing is not that crazy. 20 spots available. If you're interested, let me know. And so I just jumped on it as fast as I could, thinking there would be interesting people there, that I would know some people and meet some people. Um, and it'd be good for my networking. If that was one of my goals for the year, that would be a good thing. And it really was. I learned a lot about networking while I was out there. And then come to find out, I was invited to Master My Talks. It happened this last week, which was great. I got the invite back in March. This networking event was in April. So today I want to talk about the ABCs of networking and relationships. Now, everybody in sales or entrepreneurship has probably seen the famous scene from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross with Alec Baldwin saying, uh, ABC stands for always be closing, coffees for closers, that whole deal, right? Well, Jason has a different framework for the ABCs of networking that I learned back in April and that were reinforced and really hammered home this last week in Park City, Utah at Mastermind Talks. And I'll unpack that in the next segment. So the ABCs of networking, there's three of them. The first one is always be curating. And he means curating your peer group. Always be collecting, which is interesting people to connect with. And then the third thing that I think is really, really important, I was never very good at this, was to always be capturing. And by that, he means intel on your most important relationships. So the most important thing for me is to, cap- uh, to capture those dates. So if anybody said they had... A moment where they started their company or a day that their book is about to launch or the day that their book did officially launch. I was trying this last week to jot those down and remember them as much as I could. So I can you know, send somebody a card or a thank you note around the anniversary of their starting their company or their major milestone. Now for me, every February 1st was the first day that I started my own company. I woke up, I had nothing to do, went to the gym, wrote some blog posts, didn't have any clients, didn't know what to do. But February 1st is an important day in my history. And then this last February 1st on the 12 month the one year anniversary of my independence, we went to the same restaurant we went to on February 1st, 2017. We went there again on February 1st. So if you know me, you know that February 1st is an important day in the history of my business, and if you're really listening to this podcast, send me a note or a Facebook message on February 1st because that's an important anniversary if you are capturing and curating uh, information as well. So uh, a couple of things, a couple of more notes about this as you're meeting people and expanding your network, uh, that anytime you meet someone, your goal should be to capture as much info as you can that's unique to them stuff like uh jason talks a lot about uncommon commonalities and so people we were sitting next to at these different dinners there was always something we had in common it could be we had kids about the same age or we were computer science majors in college or we were from the same town in texas or whatever there's always something going on and so i would try to write those down when i was at, right after i would meet with people and there were no phones at this event and i think that's a great thing there's something that changes even right now my phone is sitting here on my desk There's something that changes just by the presence of having a phone. So I have these little notebooks and moleskins and stuff I would keep this information in. So capture anything unique. Most importantly, I think, capture dates and milestones, any upcoming important dates, their anniversary with their spouse, the birth of a kid, the starting of a company, the sale of a company. People just throw out dates because it's important. I just told you February 1st is an important date in my history of my agency. Um, So keep that stuff in mind. Expertise or experience, if you really understand what people are good at and how you can send them business or help them get their problem solved or help them solve somebody else's problem, that's another great way to grow your network. And then their goals, and I'll end with this. Well, there's two more, goals and obstacles. So goals, what are their greatest goals and desires? And then obstacles is kind of where are they stuck? What's standing between them growing their business like they want it to be and where they're at right now? And then you can, if you have, as your network grows, you can connect them with other people that might be able to solve that problem. And you might not be able to necessarily. But I think what happens a lot in networking is if you find out that this person can't help you or that you can't help them, they won't do business with you, you tend to lose interest almost instantly. Start looking over their shoulder, looking for the next relationship and just kind of shut down. But if you can help them and refer them business or potentially be a referral source for them, if somebody that, uh, that they know has a Cody-shaped problem, they can now send them to me as I'm listening and engaged in what they're up to. Um, And I wanted to uh, say one thing, if you want to, there's lots of different open-ended questions you can ask people. And what I tried to do, and I've gotten really good at this because I just did this, I don't know, 60 times last week in Park City, is to not ask them like, you know, where are you from? Like, where, what do you do? Who do you help? Like, those are fine questions. Like, I, they're honestly fine. I shouldn't mock them that much because the question did come up a lot. But there's better questions than that. Like, Kind of some some of the stuff here, like if there's any place that they're stuck. But here's one great question. This is from Clay Hebert. Um Clay Hebert, H-E-B-E-R-T. Look him up. He's amazing. But Clay has a question called the Champagne Moment question, and it goes like this. If we were to meet together a year from now with a bottle of champagne, what would we be celebrating? Now, that might not be the very first question you ask somebody, but I found that this networking event was so different than anything I've been to in the past where there wasn't those just kind of surface level questions. Nobody talked about their net worth or their company or the size of their team or the size of their list or how much money they made last month. And I met some really interesting people when you can get out of your own way and they're not trying to, you know, peacock and jockey for a position. It's really authentic uh, there's really authentic conversations that creep up instantly. So make sure you do that. So I'll leave you with that uh, question there. So for more on this topic, if you think this is interesting and you want to get better at networking, I'd really recommend you check out Jason Gaynard. He's an interesting guy. You can follow him on Facebook. I'm sure he's one of those that has over 5,000 friends. He's so connected. He's such a great guy. And uh, his, he has a great podcast called Community Made. Now, the notion of that is that no entrepreneur, no success story is self-made. They were all community made he has two seasons. And the second season, he talks a lot about this this type of content around networking and uh, and things like that. In the last segment here, I want to talk a little bit about what I mean by a curated event and how you can start to host those in your area as well. When I say that the event is curated or Event I want to host, I want to curate the attendees or mastermind talks was curated or mastermind dinners are curated. I hosted a mastermind dinner in uh, April, I recorded an episode about that about getting really out of my comfort zone. In fact, that's what uh, kickstarted this podcast, I came back from that event. And I Learned so many great things and then started the Cody builds a business podcast right then and there. But I hosted a dinner with entrepreneurs in Toronto. They were all strangers; I didn't know them. I picked up the check. They picked up the drinks and it was a great, great uh, dinner. It was amazing. We went for, you know, two or three hours. The conversation flowed very naturally. It was really cool. So um, what do I mean by a curated event? I mean, not everybody can come. I went to an event back when I was doing mortgages. I think I talked about this last week. I was doing mortgages and there'd be a free Robert Kiyosaki real estate investing seminar in town and everybody would go. Uh, People that had no job or a day job or they were living under a bridge or whatever would just show up to learn about real estate. And it wasn't serious. It wasn't curated. Anybody could get in the room. It was a free event and then they would pitch while you were there. That was their business model. Get as many people in the room and then pitch them on a multi-thousand dollar product. And then that's how you make your money, right? Not curated. Not curated. Anybody could get in. Anybody. Same thing with like, there's a comedy show uh, here in Colorado Springs this weekend. Uh, old friend of mine, John Christ, he's really blowing up. It's really fun to see. That's not a curated event. If you have a ticket, you can go. Anybody can go. A jerk can go. A pastor can go. A kid can go. Like anybody can go. You should have to have a ticket. It's not curated. So with these, there's typically an application. So for my dinner I hosted in Toronto, there was a short application about their business, about their challenges, about a little bit about them. And then same thing with the networking event I went to with Jason Gaynard in April in Toronto. It was curated. I had to fill out an application. I had to qualify to be accepted. Number one, it really flips the dynamic because I was thinking, well, I hope he picks me. Like I'm ready to pay him money for the event, but I hope I get selected, which really that that right there curates a lot of the tire kickers, so to speak, out. They're like, well, if they're not willing to fill out the application, then they're not ready to be at this type of event anyways. Same thing with Mastermind Talks, the the full-on event in utah last week everybody there had a really long application to fill out and then a really long intake form and then it's very 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 selective you need recommendations and character references and like whatever their selection process is that's what i mean by a curated event so i'd love to start hosting dinners here in colorado springs if you're listening to this and you're in colorado springs and you want to come to one of these dinners uh send me a message or whatever send me an email at cody at onehourfunnel.com if you're going to learn any any, anything more about these types of dinners i'd love to chat with you about it as well because it's a really powerful way to grow your network curate your connections uh etc all right so that's your tip for today check out the community made podcast season two and remember that champagne moment question and i've asked that to you as well if you'd love to uh join my facebook group go to the, there's a link in the show notes and go in the group and talk about your champagne moment question. Talk about the obstacles you're facing, share those with people that are nearby that, that you love and that you trust. Um, and then ask that champagne moment question to, to those people as well. All right. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Cody builds a business podcast. Hope it built value and what you're working on today. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for checking out today's episode of the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. It'd mean the world to me if you would take a second and rate and review the show wherever you listen to the podcast. And as we mentioned on here uh, almost every time now, to get a free copy of the book, The One Hour Funnel, go to onehourfunnel.com slash book and you can see how the funnel works. You can copy the squeeze page, you can do whatever it is that you do with funnel pages. And then uh, worst case, you know, you'll get an awesome uh, digital copy of the book emailed to you right away. And then if you want to engage with the courses and other offers that I make on that, if you want to go deeper and move faster with the results that you're getting with your marketing and ads, and there's chances to do that too. So thanks again for checking out the episode and I'll see you on the next one.